the Sports Lounge. I'm your host, Michael Horn, but the uh, star of our show is the all-pro defensive end, the acting legend, the one and only Sultan of Safeties. Two safeties in one game in the same quarter. The all-pro defensive end, the one and only Fred Dreyer. Hey, uh, great. Thanks very much, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, great to uh, be with you on this bright and sunny day. Uh, we had some rain yesterday. It's over with now, and uh, we're pushing straight ahead into the new positive millennium. We come to you from Hollywood, California. Of course, yeah, Fred Dreyer, the acting legend, is in Hollywood, and so he's there and uh, getting all set and ready to go. On our show today, we got a little golf, uh, PGA, uh, hey, before, Jason, can I just Jason Day. Just for yes. a moment, yeah, before please. we do that, yeah. I got to thank you again for setting up my Amazon Music Tower, Tower of Power, that I call it. That was a good it. job, yeah. And, and every, I, I'm getting to the point where I have this uh, late-night relationship with Alexa when I ask her to play some of my favorite rock and roll tunes. Fred had discovered Alexa many, fantastic. many years ago at my house, and he just shouted at Alexa like she was some kind of a, a girlfriend or something. Play this! He would shout at it. And so I bought him one for either your birthday or Christmas, I think at least two years ago, and it's been sitting on that shelf in your office at your house. Yeah. And one day I started thinking, I said, because Fred didn't know if he had uh, Wi-Fi. On the way, he's got his computer hooked up. He's He's got to have a modem, and he looked, and you have Wi-Fi. So we yep. it took us a while to figure out passwords and everything, and we got it hooked up. That's and the now, worst part of all this. Oh, it took us a, a half a day, didn't it? No, it was terrible. And now it's working, and uh, also it set me back. I had to actually pay for the music service. Well, what is that, $3 a month? Oh, it's a little more than that, but uh, that's fine. Well, I you got to let me know on these Because if I cancel it, you will be scowling, so it's like a gift that it's going to keep on giving to you. Well, this, is, this has been a blessing the last week. Smile on this your face. This has been a blessing the last week. I've never seen you so uh, happy. And, and it's what's Look fun. at the joy what's in great. Face. Here's what's great. What's I good? fool Alexa. I say, I want a record. I play this song. She says, I'm sorry, we can't. That doesn't stream. And I said, well, play me a cluster of songs with that one in it. <laughs> and and, and they does. do. And then I get it. So now it's on re- record now. Oh, that's good. I love it. <laughs> so to speak. All right. Stand by. Jason Day's right around the corner. Got some interesting stuff to talk about here for you in our next segment. Got a lot of football news, baseball news, a whole lot more. It's the Sports Lounge. The one and only Fred Dreyer. Yours truly, Michael Horn. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be right back. Thank you, Alexa. I'm your host, Michael Horn, along with the one and only Fred Dreyer. And coming up here in our health segment, we have Jason Day, pro golfer and PGA champion. Now, Jason is joined today by oncologist Dr. Mark Sosinski. Unfortunately, Jason's mom was diagnosed with stage 4 non-small cell lung cancer in 2017. And then Jason immediately stepped into the roles of caregiver and advocate to ensure that she received the best care possible, which included access to comprehensive biomarker testing. Uh, She was able to uh, extend time with her family, extra time that Jason's wife refers to as a silver lining. And this was due in part to the targeted treatment options that she was only able to receive as a result of biomarker testing. Uh, Jason has joined AstraZeneca to launch the Getting Out of the Rough campaign to help others aim to educate lung cancer patients and their caregivers about biomarker testing and the importance of completing a lung cancer diagnosis at any stage. Jason, uh, thanks so much for being with us today. We're so sorry to hear about your mom's passing, but uh, let me ask you this. How are you and your family doing right now? 
Uh, yeah, it's been an emotional few weeks. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just happy and, and thankful that we had the opportunity to spend the time with mum over the last two years. And, you know, I'm very thankful that I have my wife, Ellie, and, and the kids uh, to, you know, help get us through this uh this this tough situation now we want to talk a little bit about this getting out of the rough campaign which is featuring a six episode video series where jason is joined by friends from the worlds of medicine and entertainment and they discuss and learn about adapting after you or someone you love has been diagnosed with lung cancer now among the group is the great star from modern family julie bowen uh and she's got a series episode that's going to be aired monday april 4th other actors are anthony anderson and bellamy young to name just a few so jason and tell us a little bit more about the getting out of the rough campaign yeah so it's a, a six-part episode series um and it's called getting out of the rough series um and i'm joined by celebrity guests and medical professionals uh to talk more about comprehensive biomarker testing and how that can present new treatment options for you and obtain a a complete lung cancer diagnosis and we're also giving tips on on how to be an advocate and how to be a caregiver as well now let's bring in dr sosinski dr sosinski what's the comprehensive biomarkers testing what is that and what should lung cancer patients know about it yeah so uh, cancer really is a, a disease of the of the dna and the dna often has alterations that we refer to as targets or biomarkers and that these are felt to be driving the cancer they're causing the cancer to grow the only way to know about them is to do comprehensive biomarker testing this is an interrogation of the dna of the tumor to see if there are any of these what we call drivers of the of the cancer the importance of that is um, that if you have one of these drivers which can only be detected on comprehensive genomic testing, there are a number of targeted therapies that are um, uh, approved by the FDA and are highly effective for these patients with these DNA alterations that we refer to as biomarkers. And our guest is Jason Day, PGA champion. Jason, what advice would you give someone uh, caring for a loved one living with lung cancer? Yeah, I, I, I mean, lung cancer journey and the, and the lung cancer diagnosis is not the one size fits all. It's it's different for everyone, and and people handle it di- differently. And you know, I think the biggest thing is to be there mentally and emotionally for them. You know, and, and also physically um, to 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 be there in the office and 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 talk to the doctors and and ask the questions and. Um, there's no silly question in, in when you're when you're talking to your doctors about lung cancer and the journey. Um, just being there for them and know that uh, your love and support and, and know that you can do everything you possibly can to to try and make them more comfortable because they're already stressing enough as it is and they, it's a it's a difficult journey to go through and. And for me personally, uh, you know, I was luckily enough to have my wife, Ellie, uh, who was also a, a co-caregiver. So, you know, it can be stressful. I'm, I'm not going to say, you know, it, it, it's, it's easy. It can be stressful for the caregiver. But the big thing is, is that you're looking after someone that is battling this disease and it's very, very scary. So um, for, for us to be able to, uh, you know, be there for my mum, um, give her the best care that we could provide uh, was crucial for us. And 
to be able to uh, be a caregiver and advocate for her was was huge for us. Jason Day, where can our listeners go for more information? Yes, uh, you can go to uh, and get more information and, and watch the Getting Out of the Rough series at diagnosisstories.com. Jason Day, thank you so much. Dr. Mark Sosinski, thank you. And for more information, please visit diagnosisstories.com. That's diagnosisstories.com. Wow, that was uh, very informative, short and sweet, right to the point. Uh, thanks to Jason and best to his mother and uh, Dr. Sosinski. And you know what? It's uh, it, ma- it makes me respect Jason even more. You, you see him playing, you know, on the PGA Tour. Yeah, but to yeah. go through something like this, you never know what everybody else is going through. And to share it with our audience, I think it's special. It is. And you know what's interesting is that uh, however people are burdened in life, uh, sometimes they don't have the right job or vocation that allows them to work things out or come to some sort of a settlement with themselves. Playing golf, walking, the the green tees and putting and all that stuff seems to add to a uh, uh, an environment that's beneficial to solving your problems. I, d- I certainly do agree with you on that, and uh, it's just good to share that with the audience. You know, since we're talking golf here, yep. there's speculation out there now that uh, is running wild wild about Tiger Woods maybe playing in uh, this year's Masters, the 2022 Masters. He was he arrived at Augusta National uh, this week uh, with his son Charlie to play a practice round and test his fitness for next week's Masters. So so is he um, uh, signed up? Did he qualify for well, the Masters? I, Sports Illustrated reported he's there checking things out. Unnamed sources have been posting on the, uh, on the Sports Illustrated website that uh, he's a 15-time major winner, four-time Masters champion. He had those leg injuries and the crash, uh, uh, you know, last year. So uh, if he plays, uh, you know, this coming week, it'll be the first major tournament. It'll be the first time he's played as an official event since the car crash in February a year ago. So I left him hospitalized for weeks. And he was around in the last month, and he was kind of limping around a little bit or whatever. So he's been really working hard to get back into shape. Well, if anybody can do it, he has the uh, focus in order to push himself through the tough spots of this injury. Yeah, he says, uh, you know, Tiger Woods himself says he plans to return to the PGA Tour, whether it's this week or not, who knows. And another story out, and this one goes with, uh, boy, I wish he was still president. Donald Trump issued a statement claiming that he had a hole in one at a Florida course. And, of course, all the naysayers, I don't believe that. I don't. The people were there and they saw it and they were playing with him. It was at West Palm Beach, Florida. It was on the last Saturday, and uh, social media users were questioning his abilities like they always do because they're idiots. And uh, Trump made a hole-in-one, according to Tim Swain. He's re- uh, a Republican running for Senate in South Carolina. Well, he's a Republican, yeah. so you can't trust well, that. That's exactly what they say. Yeah. I you know? know? Yeah. Where are all the naysayers about Biden that doesn't even know where he is these days? He's just sitting there in a vacuum going, like, where am I? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> you know? Very good. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> It's like how many times they have to back uh, draft on uh, everything Biden says, and they got everybody at the White House comes in and says, "Well, he didn't really mean that." Well, Trump meant to say he did get a hole in one, and Tim Swain backed it up, and other people there uh, were there also, and so the photo showed uh, Trump celebrating on the green with Hall of Fame go- golfer Ernie Els and Gene Sowers and uh, Ken Duke and and Mike Goods. They were all there. So you're going to so, call those so, golfers so, a liar? So the people disclaiming that Trump made a hole in one, yeah. also insulting the people. Who 
who saw him do it. That's correct. All right. I, uh, you know, boy, I went to, uh, took some golf lessons myself with the golf pro. And you had a hole in one. Well, no, I was shot at 74. Well, that's close And, and he gave me one, a- one great tip. He told me to use an eraser and take that with you uh, when you're scoring the thing. And I scored 74. I'm going to go out and shoot maybe this weekend and see if I can get a 71. Is that so, per, that's per hole, right? Yeah, I'm uh, packing the, the eraser with me. So, uh, no, but that's 74 for one hole. No, that was for the hole 18. The 18? Yeah. Oh, Just you, take an eraser with you. Boy, I tell you. Check your score. When the ducks see you come and they fly to that pond. That's but. good. It's the Sports Lounge. Don't forget to check out our website, Lounge on Demand Sports Lounge. On Demand. Fred Dreyer, Michael Horn. We'll be right back. Stay with us. We are back in the Sports Lounge. I'm your host, Michael Horn. But the star of our program, the gentleman right next to me here, the all-pro defensive end, the acting legend, the one and only Mr. Fred Dreyer. we got a lot to talk well, about today, Fred. I'm this is a wonderful opportunity to oh. talk to our audience in a straightforward, forward way. Well, it's off-season for the NFL, and we'll get to baseball. Going to be cranking it up here this week on the 7th, uh, getting things going for you. But uh, in the meantime, we need to talk a little bit about some of these uh, new rules that football yes. is putting together. I love it when baseball, football, basketball, hockey, everybody changes rules. Here's here's a new one. The NFL says all teams must add minority offensive coaches. They're expanding the Rooney rule to uh, include all minorities, including women. All 32 NFL teams now have to hire a minority offensive assistant coach for this upcoming 2022 season. It's part of a series of policy announcements that was announced uh, last Monday to address the league's ongoing diversity uh, efforts. And the coach can be a female can be a member of an ethnic or racial minority, according to this policy adopted by the NFL owners during their annual meeting. And and this uh, person uh, will be paid from a, a league-wide fund. And the, <laughs> the coach must work, kind of like socialism, the coach must work closely with the head coach yes. and the offensive staff. How close? That's going to be my answer, my question. And then there's the goal of increasing minority participation in the, uh, oh, in the pool of offensive coaches that eventually yeah, yeah. produce the sought-after candidates for head coaching positions. Yes. Now, here's the deal. That's right. I'm a minority here with uh, Czech Americans. Now, Belichick, he could be a Czech. I'm not quite sure. We haven't had the well, DNA test. I think he is. He's got the name that goes right with it. Well, I'm thinking I'm going to be pushing some of my Czech brethren, direct from the Czech Republic, to get on as an assistant coach. Let's see if they uh, if they take an interview. Yeah, according to these rules, you do, you don't have to uh, you know ask to be interviewed. You just show up, and if Sam, you know, if you're check. if you're black or brown, then you get right into the head of the line. You could be black. You could be uh, you know a, a Latin. You could be uh, Asian. You could be a female. And so I think they're opening it over as long as it's a minority. I, last time I looked around, there aren't very many checks around. I'll get some a polka band to bring the guy in and play some polka music. I'll bring in some kolach 
Nedlicki, you know, some uh, uh, maybe some pork and uh, and uh, the Nedlicki and Zelly and, and the you know put together some uh, wonderful food. A little uh, you know some sauerkraut would be good. You like that, you know? I, I'm I'm literally uh, an sure Asian would be good. An Asian can be good. We can go with uh, we can go anywhere we want to go with this thing. I'm telling you, this is a uh, a good deal. And so this is a new rule. That's going to be put together here to put things together. They say it's a recognition that at the moment when you look at stepping stones for a head coaching position, uh, this is going to help out. Art Rooney Jr. was the chairman of the NFL Diversity Committee, and that's a, a new uh, they expand the Rooney rule. Yes, he's the, he's the head of the government football movement. Yes. So and they're uh, demanding this. Every, every yeah, team has to do this. Well, remember, the word in there, if you take a look, and I underlined it, is mandate. And that mandate is the same verbiage, the same language as the scam of telling people you got to wear masks. And that's well, we've gone to mandates with COVID nineteen. You're right. Well, this is totally for the effect of politics. Has nothing to do with the game of football. This is this is a a live warm body that uh, that can be assaulted by this leftist politic and this pretending that this is fair, whatever fair might be. You know, it's detrimental to football. And uh, it sets up, uh, I'm afraid to say, it sets up a polarizing atmosphere in the locker room and in the workplace. Well, I, I, I kind of t- agree with you here. And this week there was a story at, uh, I think, at the, the highest level of, uh, of baseball where there's a female, I believe she's a catcher, who has been signed by a team in the, the East Coast. And she's going to be signed and play and catch. She's not on a major league team, but she's on the next step uh, to get there. And it's like... Can't if somebody wants to really do something, can't they get and go the route of this woman and get signed up by the team? I mean, do we have to mandate it that everybody has to get somebody? Yes, now you can. Yes, you can. You yeah. can by wanting to that's do it yourself. Go- that's what governments do. Well, governments are mandating this here that's right what now. They do. That's what they're doing. And you've got thirty. Is there thirty football football teams? Thirty uh, two. Yeah. There's thirty two. Yeah, okay. thirty two. I, I lost track of two. Of course, you'll never miss them. You know. So, so uh, thirty two. Uh, 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 incredibly uh, disciplined uh, sports franchises are going along with this. And my question is, if I show up, uh, let's say for the Steelers, and I'm playing a linebacker, uh, and I've got a female uh, coach, uh, is it fair for me to ask her, uh, have you played professional football before? I, I didn't look through the Rooney rule, but possibly that could be a question that could be asked. You think that I'm, might I'm be a question sure. that'll it be asked? could be one that should be asked. I think I should ask her? To, yes. You know, I mean, you know, she's going to uh, she's going to uh, make me a better football player, and, and, and how is she going to do that? Yeah. Well, when they force you to do it, you're not going to get the cream of the crop. You're going to be looking for someone and just grabbing somebody, and it's like, oh, I, are I, you doing I, a service? I, I that, don't think that's true. You don't? I don't. I think this is a very, very uh, tightly structured woven policy business model and they can't afford to have just throwing anybody in there because they're of their sex or their gender or their color they can't uh, afford to have that person fail and um, and you know word travels f- fast in that league and I don't think there's a lot of players that want to have a, uh, a unqualified person and I say unqualified in this regard 
that uh, they don't have the necessary uh, job uh, uh, skills uh, that they're pretending to teach players, and they're not. The players aren't going to be tolerant of people during the games, and certainly playoff games and everything else, Super Bowl games, however important the games are. They're not going to have any uh, tolerance at all for people who just kind of get in the way because they they're asking the players and the fans to uh, to uh, pretend. That that they have some importance and there's a reason for them to be a coach on the team. Well, I tend to agree with you. Now, there's another rule out there that they've come up with, and they approved a modified proposal the NFL owners have for overtime that will guarantee each team has a possession, but it's only for the postseason game. So this vote also took place on Monday afternoon at the annual league meeting, and uh, the current rule allows a team to win on the opening possession of overtime if it scores a touchdown. That will continue for regular season games. But the meetings open up with a lot of momentum for changing the rules because they had such great games this year. So the committee chairman, Rich McKay, said uh, uh, last week the Indianapolis Colts, Philadelphia Eagles proposed making it mandatory for each team to have an overtime possession before moving to sudden death. So, And then the Titans from Tennessee, meanwhile... I don't don't follow that. So they're going to say... What they're going to say is that uh, each team is going to have a possession. So when you go into overtime in the postseason, you're going to have each team that gets a possession. So if I score a touchdown, the other team still gets a chance to have the football before you can go into sudden death. You're still confused. It's it's you know how it was when you go to overtime yeah. and and the team gets the ball. If they score a touchdown, the game is over. If they score a three pointer and a kick, then the other team gets the possession and they can try to score a touchdown and uh-huh. then they win the game. Uh-huh. That's the rule that's going to stay in the regular season. In the postseason, now you're going to have someone that uh, goes ahead and uh, and they're going to uh, this uh, overtime starts. My team gets it. We score a touchdown. And then your team gets it. You have a chance to try to tie by also scoring a touchdown. And then it goes into sudden death overtime after that. Oh, that's the new that's rule. That's where it goes. Yeah. You got it? Oh, you shit. sure you got it? Oh, this is going to be a great change. This is a big change. They're changing the rules around a little oh, bit for you now. man. Yeah, I figured you'd well, like it. Once here's the other it. thing. Yes. I, I thought for uh, uh, the other day I was out mowing the lawn. You know, I do that when I want to. I really want to you do. concentrate. I get the old lawnmower out. You have one of the best kept lawns by the way, in your neighborhood. I it's a say. pretty good one. It's pretty good. No, it's pretty good. Yeah. I also have a little invader, a little uh, uh, a, a weasel that can bore. I wish oh. I wish I had about 10 of these guys. I could a harness gopher? them. You got this gopher? gopher is whatever the hell he is. It's a gopher. This gopher, mm-hmm. you know, uh, has been drilling holes in my lawn for the last fall in three or four years. Does the wheel of the mower go down? Oh, sometimes? yeah. It's just amazing. Smoke them out, man. You can do two things. You put a hose in there, but you're in California, so you can't use that water. So instead, you might want to put an exhaust uh, pipe in there and smoke them out. I should get my motorcycle and crank it up and let it idle. That's it. And then and put, put a the pipe exhaust fumes put, in that. Put a hose in the back of the... Uh, yeah, pretty soon he comes and he says, hey, what are you smoking, pal? I'm moving Somebody in my neighborhood would turn me in. 
Well, they might. But they, they would turn me in for, gardeners gr- for put, cruelty. Gardeners, gardeners put, seriously, they put smoke bombs and a little bit of a, a charge that goes off and shakes the ground to scare them out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you get some I, good gardeners I, there. They'll I, help I you. I think that that's uh, something we can look at. But uh, if we, if we have any trouble deciphering and making a decision, we can bring the Dan Rooney Rule co- Committee in, come bring him into my house, and have him walk the property, and then uh, sit back and wait and, and, until uh, they decide what they what I should be doing with my yard. Yeah, well, it'd be good. That it's, and they'll tell you how to put this together. So, what do you think of that change? Do you like that extra overtime? No, no. Here. Here's what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say that at, at the at the beginning of the game, before you even play a game, that you know how you come out and you flip a coin. That uh, the coin flip, yes. the coin flip, uh-huh. is tolerated and allowed at the first of the game because nothing's been decided yet. Right. So you flip a coin, and and uh, at that time you decide, okay, who's going to kick off and who's going to defend what goal. Right. Then you pick the coin up and say. Now, should there be overtime, this flip decides who gets the ball. So you would do it the day of it. It could be I, either no, way. No, I, I would do it. I would do it uh, before, uh, right before the game starts. Okay. So you don't have to wait till the end of the game to have another coin flip. I'm going to propose it to these guys. Well, that's a good it's, idea. It's off season. It's a it's a the dryer rule. Hunter Eskin. It could be the dryer rule. We'll do that one. That's right. Back in the sports loungers, truly Michael Horn, the star of our show, the one and only Fred Dreyer, the all-pro defensive How end. How do you do? The acting legend. So, Fred, yeah. you know, they're um, Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, our uh, producer here on this show, uh, Jeremy Dayton, big Baltimore Ravens fan. And uh, they uh, got hit, the Ravens, uh, boy, in, in last season. They had so many injuries. They had, like, at one point, they placed, like, 25 players on injured reserve. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they have got that coach, John Harbaugh, Harbaugh and uh, – What's that? He, John Harbauer is going to no, be. No, Harbaugh. Harbaugh? Harbaugh. Harbaugh. That's it. Harbaugh. Harbaugh. John Harbaugh. He's only been around the league for 20 years. I know. And I thought years. it was Harbaugh. Harborough. Yeah, that's what I thought. I smoked the Marlboro, the Harborough. Oh, Harbaugh is, he said he's going to institute something new. <laughs> he said, um, take it easy there. I'm sorry, I smoked. Oh, he said, uh, try shorter, more Execution-oriented off-season practices. Now, this one really shorter. Yeah, here's my question to you: You and I have gone to Ram training camp like the last three years together. You've been signing, doing stuff. They asked your advice. And I wanted to go and see what goes on because, you know, I've seen the plays and I've seen them, you know, getting their shoulders and pushing people and trying to knock over these huge pieces of uh, wood and uh, and, and uh, tires and everything. And they're just smashing them around the field. When I get there, they don't do any of that. They just have these little tiny little ropes, you know, and they just kind of pull them like this and they pull them on the sides and back behind their head and everything. And so I'm thinking... Harbaugh is uh, on the wrong end of this thing because it. We should be having these guys get more intense training so they don't have injuries during the regular season. He's going to take it away every three days. He's going to rest these guys. They don't do anything now. 
And, and, and in three years, when there's a new collective bargaining agreement mm-hmm. voted upon, they'll even do less. They'll do much less. Well, didn't you say they took away some of the preseason games because the players didn't want that? They just and they start too soon, and next thing you know, they're all injured because they well, hold back. Well, they're lazy. They don't want to. They just want to show up. They want to pull up in their shorts and get out and walk on the field, and then that's, uh, it. that's it. That's all they want to do. We and, got there, and early. they get their way because you've got ownership like this. You've got ownership that is uh, making rules for. Uh, 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 people to uh, prolif- proliferate the game at uh, key positions who uh, who are only being judged by the color of their skin and by their gender. Now, now Coach Harbaugh says that we think uh, there's some really good ideas, and he's excited about this. He says we're going to approach the off-season training activities differently. We're going to approach training camp, some big-picture scheduling differently in terms of the way we ramp and in terms of the way we time practices, how long oh, we're on the field and what yeah. we're doing on the field, how we pace the rhythm of the practice. And oh, he, he mentioned that every third practice at training camp will be different than a typical one. It'll be a little bit shorter, a little more execution-oriented, less competitive yeah. type of practice. And a longer nap. That wasn't in here, but I think think if you look in there, you'll see that the uh, rules and regulations for napping has proliferated the league now. So he thinks the injuries are there because these guys are working out too much at the beginning. I say they aren't working out enough to be ready. (laughs) It's so finished. It's really over. It's really over. You do know that. I, I hate to tell. I see people all the time on the, on the on the highways and the byways of life, and they always ask me. And when they find out that, uh, you know, uh, I'm uh, I'm a ex football guy, they say, "What do you think about all that stuff, Fred?" And I said, "Not much." And I said, "You're going to see uh, an awful lot of uh, injuries coming up this year, and you're going to be bewildered. It's like uh, it's like trying to figure out uh, what." What two basketball players that play for the Lakers are are totally uh, uh, subservient to not uh, d- doing anything right. other than uh, just uh, getting their knees and legs and and, and arms, uh, uh, you know, in the ringer and not being able to participate and help the team. Well, we'll see if the, the maybe Baltimore. Maybe I'm wrong, and, and, and maybe well, you're wrong. And maybe I don't think we'll you so, are. We'll find don't out. Don't sell yourself short. Right. Now we have some uh, pictures. Let's go to our mailbag here. Fred Dreyer at crntalk.com is the email. Fred, F-R-E-D, Dreyer, D-R-Y-E-R, at crntalk, T-A-L-K.com. CRN is in uh, Competition Radio Network or Championship Radio Network. Yes. So uh, fan mail came from Pamela. She likes to send us pictures, and she said, sending some wonderful Hunter publicity photos of you and Stephanie Kramer through the years. Mm-hmm. And she says, uh, usually you can tell by the way Stephanie's hairstyle is as to what season uh, is on. She says, I know in season one they had you, Fred, dye your hair, I guess, to look more Italian. Was that the case? That they had- <laughs> That's what it was. Seriously? <laughs> no. So uh, did they have you dye your hair at all in the season? No. No, I didn't think so either. 
But Pamela thought so. Well, and she says, glad you're able to go back to your night. Maybe it's your TV. I think it's your TV. <laughs> maybe Pam's TV. Yeah, it might be that RCA the, Victor you were using. That's right. Maybe get yourself a Hoffman. Easy Vision is better. You got uh, it. Here's a picture of you and Miss Kramer uh, that, that looks pretty nice. And uh, we're going to be posting this at uh, at our website at the Sports Lounge. Uh, you can check it out here, Sports Lounge on Demand. And uh, we got a picture of you and Stephanie arm wrestling here. It looks like she got she's smiling. She got the best of three, I think, uh, for me. On she's that using one. two hands too, and she's cheating, and uh, so that's the technicality there. Oh, well, it could be. And then uh, there's a nice picture. These look like maybe a high school picture. Did you guys go to prom, by the way? When I'm sorry. You, did you go to prom together while you were filming Hunter? This is a nice prom picture of you in a beautiful gray, light gray suit with a wonderful. Is that what do you call that when your tie is match- split complimentary? Split complimentary. There you go. You're looking. taking notes, aren't you? I am. I wanted to make sure we had the split complimentary. Yes, yeah, that's a good one there, and I think uh, that can be good. Here's another great picture. Now, once again, you with a um, kind of a tweed gray uh, uh, jacket uh, on a nice white shirt with a split complimentary tie, and Miss Kramer matches your tie with uh, the kind of the autumn colors that she has there. Do you see how uh, what I'm doing? I'm, I have my arm, my, my left arm around her. You're really hugging nuzzling her. Nuzzling to keep her warm because it was a breezy day. She looks like she's enjoying it, too. <laughs> <laughs> really looks good. So, uh, yeah, we got some good stuff there. And then we also have here, let's see, we have uh, uh, one more here f- to share with our audience. And there, see? we're hugging Once again. again, you're hugging again. That's right. Whenever you can. This time, got, both arms around you her. You got to get it in there. You know. Could you do that in this day and age on the set right now? No. No? You can't touch anybody. Okay, you can't do that. So there you have it. And then a black and white photo. This one here is a good one where she looks like... now. <laughs> Now you're kind of between she's between your knees. It's like I, I'm not going to no, go. No, she's first. on. She's not. Yeah, she's on on the outside. My two knees are on the left. Her elbow is on my I left think knee. You got. Uh, it looks like both knees there. I don't know. Could be, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I think. No, no. Want to look at that one again? We'll I post it up th- on I our website, the legs, Sports Lounge. <laughs> Never mind. Yes. Okay, so uh, what else do we have to talk about here a little bit? We have to mention a little bit that uh, give a, a nod to the NCAA tournament. How about uh, uh, St. Peter's? That was a pretty good run they had there. The yeah, they the, did. And they, every year there's some sort of a story that pops up like that. But that was a good one. Yep. And uh, then we got uh, this former Bucks player, uh, Milwaukee Bucks, Charlie Villanueva. He is uh, he himself is affected with uh, alopecia, as is uh, uh, Will Smith's uh, wife here, Jada Pinkett Smith. And you saw that whole thing. You, I know, like to watch all the award shows, so I'm sure you saw the. Well, I tape all of them, and then I, I go over and make notes. Uh-huh. And um, so uh, apparently, he says. Uh, he said, according to Charlie, because he's been a spokesperson, he says, for someone who's at the stage where they're still struggling with it, they're very vulnerable, and it's a very slippery slope. This is where you lose your hair. And uh, a video was posted to his Instagram page, and he says, I've, I've heard of a lot of worse things in my life, especially after I accepted it. For someone who's dealing with alopecia and hasn't accepted it, and people crack jokes, regardless if it's a comedian or regardless of who it is, mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, that hurts. And he says, at the end of the day, Will reacted because... Because he saw his wife's pain. So my question is, if you saw this, and no one's asking this question, and I understand what Charlie's saying. It's got nothing to do with what he's saying. I agree with what he said. 
Why did Will Smith smile and laugh at first when Chris Rock said it? They put a picture, a camera on Will Smith, and he smiled and laughed. And the next thing you know, he's coming up to smack him in the face because his lovely wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, rolled her eyes or whatever. But he laughed at first. She should be ticked off at her husband for laughing at first. He was laughing at a joke. Well, I... I, No one's asked that question of Will Smith. Well, nobody... nobody, you know, look. If 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 your if your wife has been suffering through this, right? It's a terrible thing for her, especially for women. It's a, it's tougher on women than it is on men. Right? And they go bald. They go bald all the time. You know, so they it it doesn't make any difference. But it's it's an emotional thing for her, and uh, and she uh, she was very uh, uh, hurt by the comment, embarrassed, and then the light bulb went on for Will. To, you know, as if someone would say, hey, uh, I know you think it's funny, but your wife doesn't. And then he realized, oh, I got to do something. And that was his response to doing something. Yeah. So, um, he, again, that's, uh, you know, I, I I just somebody should ask him about it. And that's what's going on. So, well, uh, look, uh, it's a. It's it's a far cry from uh, you know I, I you know you always think well, maybe he should have just gone up to the microphone and and looked at at uh, what's his name who, who what was the guy's name Chris Rock that was the guy that uh, yeah, made Will the joke. Smith and Chris yeah, Rock he made yeah. the joke yeah. so he should have just told him you know you know you should uh, you should not make fun of people and, afterwards and, or whatever you're right yeah and and that would have that would have put it to rest and he would have defended his uh, wife's honor and uh, that would have been that all right, we got a, a note here, an email, Fred Dreyer at crntalk.com from uh, uh, Nomi uh, Hernandez. She says, Mr. Dreyer, I have all seasons of Hunter on Rocco Channel. You uh, and McCall are awesome good. on the TV series. Love you guys. Very good. Thank you so much. Some questions. Mike says, who was your favorite player to watch? For what? For football. You have a favorite? Oh, no, I don't have a favorite. You don't have a favorite? It's just that there's a, there's a lot of them. Normally, you gravitate to your home team. Uh but I love Johnny Unitas. Yeah, uh, I liked uh, Sonny Jurgensen when he was playing for the. Uh, he you played for the. He him. played for the Eagles and he played for the Washington Redskins. And you tackled Johnny Unitas. And there's a question here from Scott says, "Do you have a favorite memory from your playing days?" I remember you telling us the story that Unitas looked up and talked to you after you sacked him, didn't he? I knocked him down and uh, at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. We were right there on second base, going downhill into the into the center field end zone, and uh, uh, the play was over with, and he rolled over and. He looked at me and said, nice play, kid. Yeah, that's, that's Johnny oh, United. Gee, John, thanks. Yeah, you played for a lot of coaches. John uh, John Phillips says, who was the best coach you played for? Who did you like playing for the most? Don Coriel. Don Coriel, yeah, in your college days. Yep. Huh? That was a good one. Yep. Uh, and also, this uh, came in anonymously. So someone wants to know how they can get Hunter TV movies on DVD. Do you know if they're available at all, the Hunter TV movies? I, you know, some people have always asked me about that, and I continually answer by saying, contact NBC, contact uh, the... Uh, the network that produced the show, and that's usually NBC. And Jason wants to know, maybe going along with uh, the greatest coach you played for, but it's a separate question, who had the greatest influence on your life in football or in sports in general? Would that have been uh, Coriel as well, too, would you say? Probably, because yeah. he was in my younger years. Yeah. 
So uh, that's good stuff. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back with more of your questions. One final segment here remaining. Good show today, it's by the way. It's speeding along, isn't it's, it? It's really shooting oh, by here today. Oh, oh, it's Don't forget to make a note. We're here every week at this time on uh, on Sports Byline radio stations, CRN Talk radio stations, Sirius XM. Thanks so much for joining us, streaming on the Internet. It's the Sports Lounge. I'm Michael Horn. He is Fred Dreyer. We'll be back. Welcome back here to the Sports Lounge. I'm your host, Michael Horn, the star of our show, Mr. Fred Dreyer. So Albert, Albert Pruhlhos is uh, signed with the Cardinals. You know something that's a good place for him. Yeah, he needs like 21 more home runs to hit the 700 club. I hope he gets them. You know, every single day will be like the first day of his career. I know. He's going to enjoy it where he started. That's it. Yep. He batted uh, last season with the Angels and the Dodgers. Uh, he hit 236, but he did hit 294 against lefties. Well, so he's not going to be he's he was he, the Dodgers told him, you know, we're not going to bring you back cuz we're going to re, redo our bench. And as you saw this this last couple of weeks, uh the Dodgers uh, have potentially a real powerful bench. Uh people coming off of uh, off the bench and, and uh, to pinch hit and so forth and so on. But uh, uh you know, it is a bit of a handicap. Uh, you know, with pool holes because he doesn't run very well. He has feet problems. Right. But uh, his uh, his uh, charisma and his character and his dedication and work ethic has really helped that team last year. Good player. He really did help the Dodgers, and I think he'll help uh, the Cardinals this year. Hey, Jason asked you the question on who had the influence in your life in football or in sports in general. He's got a second part to the question. Uh, he says, did you play any other sports, and was there a sport that you enjoyed maybe be more than football. I played a lot of baseball as a kid. You were on the team in high school, weren't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't you uh, burn out your arm a little bit? Oh, yeah. I did all that. And then stuff. you went to football, right? Yeah. Well, I yeah I I um, I was playing American Legion ball and, and I hurt my arm. I didn't know didn't at that time you didn't know anything about Tommy John surgery or ligaments or hyperextensions or any of that stuff. But uh, I realized I, I I just rested for like three months and then I picked the ball up and tried to throw again and I had kind of like a dead arm, you know. So I you and Max Scherzer, yeah, Max and I. And uh, but but for the most part, you know, uh, uh, baseball was my sport. I still love it, and uh, I'm uh, I'm just excited that I was able to make the transition. Yeah, really. You know, I, I don't so are be, we? I don't want to be 18, 19 years of age, and 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 realize that your uh, dreams are are never to be. And. It, uh, that's, uh, I'm glad you're doing the football. That's our show. Join us next week. Follow Fred on uh, on Twitter, Fred underscore Dreyer, Facebook.com forward slash The Real Fred Dreyer. Email him, Fred Dreyer at CRNTalk.com. Say goodbye to everybody, Fred. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for dropping in.